Thank you for connecting to this podcast for Faith Renewed. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Daniel chapter 1. Amen. Daniel chapter 1. And there is uh, a version live event taking place. And uh, you can follow along on there. You can save that event, share that event. And um, it has the points and scriptures that I'll be using. You can also do this. You can write it down, take, take notes and all that good stuff. But Daniel chapter 1 uh, is where we're going to be hanging out. And before we go there, uh, we're going to take a moment, pray, we review, and uh, jump back in today to uh, the greatest stories ever told. Can we pray, talk to the one who authored and penned all this? His name is, his name is God. So, Father, we come to you today. And, uh, Lord, we just thank you for this word. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for what it does in our hearts and lives, how it builds us, challenges us, changes us, God. And we just thank you that you're going to do just even supernatural things in our midst today, guys. We open our hearts to you. And, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the Daniels in the room, Lord, the people, Lord, that you've called and set them apart, Lord, to not conform, but to come in and, Lord, be a part of change. And, God, I thank you for it today. Give you praise for who you are in Jesus' name. Say it with me. Amen. Amen. Tell your neighbor, you look beautiful this morning. Tell them that. Ah, you look beautiful this morning. Amen. I think we can never say that enough. My wife don't tell me that near enough. Nowhere near enough. Daniel chapter 1. Before we jump into Daniel, we're going to just quick review of the book we ended last week. We finished up the book of Ezekiel. And uh, wow, on time words as we see how God works, as we spoke about the water that, that gets deeper as you go out. And uh, again, just right on time for immerse. And as we went deep and as, as many of us stepped into some places, and I, I'm just, I love it, man. But Ezekiel's a beautiful, beautiful book. Um, I gave you three things from the book of Ezekiel last week in, the, in chapter 47. Uh, if you're not here, go back, get the message, listen to it, free online. Please do that. But uh, in those three things that we talked about from the book of Ezekiel chapter 47. The first one was this. The first one is our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. In that prophetic view picture that Ezekiel saw, he saw a temple and that water ran forth from that temple. And uh, again, uh, I believe that will happen one day. We're going to see that and that will, that will come to pass. But what he wants it to do now is see that we're the temple. We're the vessel in which the Holy Spirit resides. Amen. He's in us. He's, he's, he's a part of us. He's in our life. And so as a result, again, that is what our body is. It's called to be a temple. So I challenge you to do this. Treat the temple throughout the week like you treat it on Sunday morning in service. Mm. Come on, treat that temple like you would. You wouldn't put some of the things in front of that temple and, and, and put some of those things in that temple in this service, so don't do it outside this service. So again, honor him in that, that and recognize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Second thing was this, the further we go, the fuller we become. I love it. That picture is so beautiful that, that the water kept getting deeper the further they went out. And, uh, man, too, and it, it literally came to the place to where now it went from ankles to knees to waist to where they were fully immersed and could no longer just walk in it. It controlled them instead of them trying to control it. Give up control, jump in, let him take you where he wants to do and, and let him do what he needs to do in your life. And the third thing, I love what the river does. Everything that river touched brought life. The third thing, the river revives. It brings life today. It brought, it brought life to the Dead Sea where there was no life. It brought life to that. And uh, it, was a, it was in abundance. 
even again, so that the fishermen glory to the name of Jesus right now. We're gathered around, man, pulling them in. Amen. That's God. Amen. I love that. So uh, the river revives. And today I want to do this. We're going to turn over to the next book in the Old Testament, and you'll find the book of Daniel. Now, the book of Daniel is incredible. I love this book and because this book goes into some things that I think, man, just are so important right now of where we're at in this time that the book of Daniel talks about us not conforming, us standing up and standing firm and standing on truth. Now, as we kick this off, just uh, the, the Daniel himself is a prophet. Uh, as the other books that we've just finished up, the last two, we've seen it. This is a prophet. This is one who prophesies. But the book of Daniel is not just a book of prophecy. You'll see two things kind of unfolding. You'll see the prophetic word go forth, and you will also see a picture and a story of what is happening in that time frame. So it's pretty cool, man, how this unfolds. So I want to jump in. We're in Daniel chapter 1, and I want us to read together verses 1 through 4, and it says this, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. Now, we knew this was going to happen. We already, we had, this had been spoken, that man, turn from the stuff that you're in, turn to God, so that the land that you own and you're in and you're a part of doesn't get taken control by the enemy. That's just, again, that, that was there. It was spoken over and over and over. We're seeing this now come to pass. Verse 2, And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hands with some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God, and he brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. Little G. Then the king instructed Aspenaz, the master of his eunuchs, to bring some. All right, let's see what happens here. They're going to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles, young men in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking. Come on. Tell your neighbor, man, you good looking. Come on, good looking. I like that. Gifted. Come on, somebody. Gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand. Enemy's after the top notch, man. He's after the best. That's why he's after you. That's why he's coming after you right now because there's great potential that lies within you. So, and, and this is what he's saying. He's coming after them who had ability to serve in the king's palace and whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. Now, first thing I want you to see this morning is this. Number one, this world is not your home. Come on, man. This world is not your home. We see here that throughout this Old Testament, as we've been going through this series, the greatest stories ever told, the children of God, God's people, are called to be and possess and live in the promised land. That's what it has been. That's always been his plan. That's always what he has wanted for your life. It is for you to be a part of and to possess and walk in and live and live off of what he provides. The promised land. So we're seeing this in the story how the enemy will begin to work. This is what he does. He is very strategic in what he does. And, and he goes in. We see now that the, the children of Israel are now taken, removed, pulled out of the promise, put in a place of Babylon, put in a place of confusion and destruction. They're placed there, and this is how the enemy works. He went after the young people. 
Now, the very first thing that he does, he goes in and he begins to zero in on certain targets and he zeroes in on a group of people and he says this, I want you to give me your best. I want you to go in and find the good-looking guys. I want you to find those who can, do, who can come in. I can influence. We can change, teach them our language, our way of doing things because when we get them, we get the next generation too. So most theologians, and this is, this is why I believe this, that most of them would say that these guys were probably 12 to 15 years of age. Somewhere, these are, these are again, young guys. These, these are young people who are pulled in and who are brought into this thing. So just, just watch how the enemy works. And, and he knows this. If, if he can get the youth, he can get the future. And so he begins to go in, and this is what the enemy's doing today. This, is, this hadn't changed. This is still his M.O. This is still what he's doing today. And this is what he does. He pulls them out of this. Guys, think for just a second. That they're now pulled out of. They're captive. They're in bondage. And this is what the enemy does. He slides in there, pulls these young people out of this, now brings them into the palace and begins to offer them the world. Now, just think, so somebody who brought, you know, up in the, out in the country or they were brought up in the worst projects or they were, they're from poverty and they're in a place of, of, of tough times and things that are going on, and the enemy does this. He pulls them out of that, puts them in the palace, and on the palace walls there's like 80-inch flat-screen TV, guys, all around. Fortnite, man, on everything that you can just walk up, play anytime you want to. You can do all this stuff. It's all in front of them. And he's making it look so beautiful and so enticing and, and, and coming in. Because this is how he'll work. He'll twist his way in. And he, and he does this. And this is how you can do this, young people. You, you'll find out what you're really made of once you get out from underneath your parents. Some of you guys, are, or you've gone into college this year. And, and some of you are, remember those college days. What happened when you got out from underneath mama and daddy? You found out really if what you believed is what you believed... Or if it was just what they believed and you had to go be a part of it. Yeah. You start finding out. These guys had that freedom. Listen, this is what's happening. They're now pulled out from underneath mom and daddy's reins, placed now at their disposal the limit, the, just, just the, the limitless opportunities now. They have all these luxuries and things that they can look and they can have now be a part of. But this is what they do. They do something and they break off something that had now been placed upon their parents. Their parents fail. Their parents missed the mark. Their parents, as a result of the decisions and choices that they made, now that's why the children now have been pulled out of that and placed in that palace. Now, this is what the, the kids could have done. The kids could have said, well, mom and daddy already messed it up. I'm going to roll right on. I'm going to do my thing, and I've got all the luxuries right in front of me, and I'm going to have fun. I'm going to do my deal. But this, this is what you're about to see happen. They break generational curses. They break off things that have been now placed upon them and passed down to them. And they, they begin to do something. They begin to stand up and say, this is what we're called to do. They begin to stand up and say, not another generation. They got pulled out of their promise, but not me. I'm going to do something. I'm going to trust in God. I'm going to stand for what he has for me. And this is how the enemy works. It's not always the persecution that the enemy comes against you. 
It's not always an attack of, of sickness or disease or, or something's, something's bad happening in my family or something's going on and, and I can't pay the bills. That's not how the enemy always attacks you. It's not always with persecution. Sometimes it's with assimilation and even sometimes elevation. He'll raise you up and he'll put you in a position and he'll do things and let you believe if you partake of this, if you join in on this, oh man, the rewards are great. Oh, this is so beautiful. Just come join in. But this is what you've got to see. This world, not your home. They saw that. They said, Babylon, that's not my home. This is not where I'm called to be. And if it is where he's going to put me, I'm going to possess it instead of it possessing me. I'm going to take over it instead of it taking over me. And so these guys do some. They get radical. Right in the midst of this, they begin to see that we refuse to compromise our standards for what we know is true. And they stand up for truth because they understood something. This world's not their home. Philippians 3.20 says it this way. For our citizenship is in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, this earth is not your home. It's too temporary, guys. We're passing through this thing. He calls us pilgrims, sojourners, going through. And because there is something greater that he has for us, there's more that he has available for us. So tell you never I'm just passing through. Oh, some of y'all don't believe that. You think this is how it's always going to be, and this is all you're ever going to have. Now listen, tell him I'm just passing through. Just passing through. And they refuse to do this. Listen, they refuse to compromise. This is what compromise is. Compromise is this, accepting standards that are lower than desirable. You know, some of you have accepted standards that are lower than desirable. You've settled and said it succeeded. You've settled and you've, you've gotten comfortable there instead of pressing in and walking into what God has. Listen, here's more for you. And, and, and it's just sometimes, again, you've got, you got to do what the great prophet and pro- poet Garth Brooks said. <clears throat> sometimes you've got to go against the grain. And then he went, oh, no, that's a whole other story. <clears throat> so tell your neighbor, this world's not my home. Daniel chapter 1, let's pick up verse 5. It says this. It says, and the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies, of the wine which he drank, and three years of training for them. So see that these guys get pulled out of their home, pulled into this palace, now trying to get them to conform to their standards, trying to get them to now partake of now what uh, the king's partaking of, but it was the wrong king. They didn't want that king. They wanted the king of kings' uh, 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 food. That's what they was wanting. And so he places this in front of them, three years of training, so that at the end of that time, they might serve before the king. Now, from among those of the sons of Judah were Daniel, author of the book, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Verse 7, to them the chief of the units gave names. He gave, he gave Daniel the name Belteshazzar. To Hananiah he gave, you're getting ready to recognize some of these names now, Shadrach. Oh, yes, I'm like, oh, I know this story. I remember that color. I remember that one. To Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. 
Second thing I want you to see this morning is this. Don't let this world name you. Don't let this world name you. Not only does the enemy try to bring them out and, and take control of their mind and confuse them and, and begin to change and shift and brainwash them, they do it very strategically, again, by addressing a, a specific generation. And then now they begin to do this. Once they pull them in, offer them all the flat screen TVs and all the booze they can have and all the food they can drink and all the fun that they can do, they do this. Let me give you now a new name. You know, what's the big deal? There's some significance in this name. I want you just to, to think for just a second. The name Daniel means this. God is my judge. He's the one. He's in charge. He's the one who judged me. But Belteshazzar means this. Let he protect the king. I don't know if you recognize and picked up on what was just said. But there's an all-out assault and attack on the gender of this generation. And they're trying to bring them in and take and give them another name. Hananiah means Yahweh has been gracious. And instead of them saying, imagine this, if that's your name, that's what God's called you. And that's what you answer to. Hey, Yahweh is gracious. Time to eat. But this is what they changed the name to. Shadrach, which means afraid of God. Tell me, listen, there's not an all-out attack against this generation. And it's, and, it's, and, it's, and it's already been happening. And there are many in the previous generations yielded to this and answered to their own name. Mishael means who is, who is what God is. I changed that name to Meshach, and it means I am despised and I am humiliated. What if you went from, from now saying and answering to, I am who God says, to I'm despised and humiliated? Listen, some of you have been answering to the wrong name your whole life. You've been answering to I'm despised and humiliated. And he's getting ready to start saying, you are who I say you are. <laughs> Azariah means Yahweh has helped. And Abednego means I am a servant of Nebo. Listen, there's an all-out assault. The names have been changed. What used to be called marriage is not called marriage anymore. What used to be the picture of what that represented and what that was is different now. What was, what was gender-specific and known now is trans. Now, you get to decide. You wake up and you pick out what name and what gender you want to be. Listen to me. There's God who has given you a name. He's called you by that name. And so he's trying to draw you in today. Quit answering to the wrong name. Stop answering to that name. John 1.12 says it this way. He says, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Listen, he's calling you son. He's calling you daughter. Quit answering to the wrong name. Quit answering to, I'm depressed. Quit answering to that name. Quit answering to, I'm addicted. Quit answering to, I'm confused and I'm bound. Start answering to, I'm free. Start answering to, I'm a son. I'm a son and I'm a daughter of God. Start answering to that name. Start answering to what he's called you. 
And if you hear any other name that is spoken over you, reject that name. Reject the name. She starts to speak to the hand. You ain't talking to me. I'm a son and I'm a daughter of God. Start answering to the right name. Oh, man. Tell your neighbor. Start answering to the right name. Tell us what. Quit answering to that name. Come on, quit answering the name. I'll answer when he calls you. Start answering to, man, I am who God says I am. Start answering to, I am a servant of God. Start answering to, that he's the judge. Start answering to that name. Start answering to what he says. Oh, man. Daniel 1, verse 8. We got to keep going. It says this. It says, but Daniel, love this. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't say, but Belteshazzar. Writer of this book was Daniel. And he didn't refer to himself as Belteshazzar. He said, my name's Daniel. He's my judge. And Daniel, the Bible says that Daniel, the one who understood this, he did this in verse 8. He said, Daniel purposed in his heart. He purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Third final this morning is this. The little decisions in life matter. What's the big deal? It's a little wine, a little, little food. Listen, little decisions in life matter. And how do you, how do, you do that? This is how it happens. It, you, you purpose it within your heart. You said well, it begins there. Religion has done this thing, man, where they try their best to change the outside of people, hoping that they will change the inside. Some of y'all who grew up in ways that I've grown up, you know what I'm talking about. That, that they've like, if we can get them to do this and conform and shape, and if we can get them to do this, then eventually, hopefully, something's going to happen on the inside. It's not how God works. He goes deep into the heart. As we sung earlier, he's looking for a heart of worship, not just somebody who will only just outwardly act like it, but he's concerned with the heart. And I believe this. If the heart is right, it will flow out on the outside. It will, it will affect what we do. And Daniel had done this, guys. He had purpose in his heart. He got it settled within his heart. I will not conform to this place. I will not conform to this. It started on the inside of him. And this is how it works. And this is how sin works. And this is what they knew. Pull them in. Give them unlimited internet access. Wi-Fi. Why Wi stands for wicked sometimes, in case you're wondering. Give them all the luxuries that they want. Let them have their way. Start little. And eventually we'll get them. Daniel said, not this guy. Not me. He said, I refuse to eat it. I will not. This is not going to be what I'm going to partake of. And this is how sin works. It's a slippery slope. I don't know if I've, I don't believe, again, in 20 years of ministry, I've ever, I've never, I don't believe, I don't believe personally, I've ever seen anyone who is in a place with God get into the place of sin 
and it was a cliff dive. You know what I'm talking about? Just, I mean, just. It's a slippery slope. Just start eating this. Start conforming here. Start, start doing this. And, and please see that, listen, it's those little decisions that have a great outcome in your life. And he began to do this, and I love it. It started with Daniel. And this is what he did. He linked up, <clears throat> and it affected the others around him. The other kids of children of Israel, which we're going to talk about next week, those guys did this. They said, wait a minute. I see somebody standing up for truth and doing what's right. You know something I can too. Listen, just one person. Like, man, my school's wicked. Listen, one of you can change it. Amen. Come on. Listen, our, our government's corrupt. Listen, why don't we get, why don't we pray somebody into that position? Come on, why don't we get somebody elevated that can change the whole thing? Listen, we've got to begin to see this, and we must understand this, that we must open up in the little decisions. The small things, they matter. They matter. They affect us. And I want you to see what happens here. This is just amazing to me. It says now, as you see what happens, if we now look at verse 10, it says this, And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king, who has appointed your food and drink, for why should he see your faces looking worse than the young men who are your age? then you would endanger my head before the king. This is what he's saying. He believed he had been in that system so long that they got him and convinced him to believe if they did not partake of what the king, what the, the evil wicked king was offering, that it would destroy them. You see this? And that's what, that's what he has to have in the worst. If you don't partake of this, if you don't do this, man, you're, you're going to be alone. Nobody's going to like you. You ain't going to have no friends. You ain't going to have no family. Wrong. It, it, this, is, this is wild. And then he's like, man, I, my head's on the line if this happens. So Daniel said to the steward, whom the chief of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Hey, he calls him by the right name. Please test your servants for 10 days. <laughs> and let them give us, get ready, vegetables to eat and water to drink. That's got to be God. It has to be the Lord. Then let our appearance be examined before you and the appearance of the young men who eat the portion of the king's delicacies. And as you see fit, so deal with your servants. So he consented with them in this matter and tested them 10 days. So this is what he's telling them. You let me partake of my king's table, what he's provided. The king of kings. At the end of the time, let's see who's right. Now, this is, this is a trip. What was my mind? This is, what was, this is wild. Verse 15, at the end of 10 days, their features appeared better and fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. Thus the steward took away their portion of delicacies and the wine that they were to drink, and they gave them vegetables. 
Now, just in natural for a minute. <laughs> Who's ticked off? <laughs> if you ate vegetables and water for 10 days and you got fatter. Somebody, y'all never again, man. I've never, I'm, 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 I'm going to eat right now. I'm going to go eat right now. Be ticked off. But don't you see why this is here? Because some of y'all are like, man, I don't want to do that. I don't want to get fatter. I'm fat enough, man. <laughs> Come on, somebody. <clears throat> but don't you see what this, what, it, it, what this means? In that time frame, they looked, if, if you would go back and study, the kings and those in Brazilians were, were big people, heavy people, because it was a sign of abundance. It was a sign of prestige and royalty because now you're able to have the best and partake of the best, and you're able to have all these things. But I want you to see what happened. And this is, again, it's a lie of the enemy and how he will try to work and twist things in your life. If you partake of the things of God and you reject the things of this world, ultimately you will end up miserable. And he's saying just the opposite is true. Ultimately, you will end up full. Ultimately, you end up with the best. Ultimately, you end up how he's called you and created you and designed you to be. This is what God has for us. And we see this here so beautifully presented when we reject the God of this world pull ourselves up to the table of the true king. He's the one who puts us in position. I want you to stand, and as we, as we get ready to continue to go into this book, I'm, I'm challenged to be here for the next couple of weeks, and we see stories. Oh, man, as we begin to see stories, when I'm talking about greatest stories ever told, these are some that come to mind. You'll begin to see stories of people that refuse to conform, but I want you to see where it starts. You want, I want you to see where it starts. It starts here in the little places. It starts here in the little things. It starts by you refusing to answer to the name of any other name except what he calls you. So I want you to do this if you would. I want you just to bow your heads, close your eyes. and If you would, just right now, I want you just to listen. I want you just to listen. The enemy of this world speaks. He says things as well to us. He's calling you things like depressed. and He's saying words like suicide. And he's the one who's saying words like, like, like death and destruction. Or he's even the words who will do the things that we saw here in this picture. Try to paint sin and make it look beautiful and nice. It's not always bad. Sometimes he tries to entice you with the good. Come on, join in on this. It's no big deal. I want you to reject now the name that the enemy's calling you. And say this, God, I answer to the name. Above every, every name, I answer to the name Jesus. And what you say about me. And who you call me today. If you quit answering to depressed, you wouldn't be depressed. If you quit answering to addiction, you wouldn't be bound. Is that simple, Pastor? Yeah, it's that simple. It starts with little things. Show the picture here. If you quit again, just conforming in the small areas. He said, faithful little, he, he puts you ruler of much. We're going to see that happen in the book of Daniel. So right now, listen, there's, the, there's a name above every name who's speaking to you right now. That's the voice we hear. That's the voice we answer to. So God, I thank you right now that you're speaking to hearts and lives. I thank you, Lord, for the Daniels that are in this place. 
who's going to be a part of changing government or who's going to be a part of changing school systems and, and communities and neighborhoods and, and be a part of, Lord, changing this church, God. Helping shape it, God, to what you've called us to be, Lord. God, we thank you, Lord, for the Daniels in this room, God. Hallelujah, Lord. We thank you for the Daniels in this room. Hmm. If you're tired of answering to their own name, I want you to step out. Come to this altar just as quick as you can get here. Just step out right now. If you want to answer to the one name, the one who the voice of the Lord and the one true God who's calling you now. He's calling you by name. If you want to answer that name, just step out right now. If you want to be a part of changing our city. If you want to be a part of changing this church. If you want to be a part of changing the government. Changing the, the, the situations and the sicknesses and some of the things that we see around us. If you want to be a part of that, step out. Come. Come. Come on home. Every age group. Young and old. Young and younger. Come on. Young and younger. Yeah. Come on. Young and younger. Come on. That's it. Come on. There's some young people in here. That God's going to do great things. And there's some younger ones going to do some great things, God. We thank you for the young people in this room. The younger ones in this place, God. Mm, right now. Just right now. Just begin to worship the Lord. Begin to honor the Lord. Right now. Just right now, begin to honor the presence of God in this place right now. Honor, we, Lord, we honor you. I want you to see yourself doing this in the spirit. I want you to see yourself rejecting the offers of this world. I want you to see yourself rejecting the things that have been placed before you, the luxuries, the things that have pulled you down, pushed you aside, the things that are, that, that are, are the enemies painted that we see clearly as bad and the things that may look good but have ultimately led to death for you. I want you to begin to reject them. Set them aside. Begin to zero in on right now what he has for you. <laughs> the king's table. The king's table. <laughs> the king's table. The true king. Whew. Right now, I want you to begin to hear. We're going to go into worship in a moment. The Spirit of God is just going to be released over you. Right now, I don't want any distractions from this. God, begin to call. Begin to give the names now, Lord. Begin to speak those names of your people. (laughs) Yeah. Some of you are like, man, I didn't know I could do that. I didn't know he called me to do that. Wow. Answer to it. Come on, answer to that name. (laughs) Ah, Come on, man of God. Come on, woman of God. No longer bound. Quit answering to that. Free. He said, indeed free. Indeed free. Yeah. Quit answering to injured and sick. And he's tried to put that name on me. I have been, he's tried his best to call me that here lately. I rejected that name, and I said, I am healed, I'm whole, I'm free, I'm a king's child. Healing is the children's bread. It's what he's provided for me. That's who he calls me. Don't answer to any other name. This worship team begins to minister over you right now. I want you to receive from the Lord. I don't, don't reject this. I want you now just to get in reception mode and just receive. And as the Holy Spirit just begins to pour over you right now, receive that. And then as, as you, once you receive that, I want you to begin to release that to others. I want you to just release that to others in the room. 
If they're in this altar and the Holy Spirit leads you to pray for someone, just begin to release that over them. If they're in their seat and God tells you to go to them, go to them. I want you to do what he says. Do what he says to do in this room right now. So right now, just receive from the Lord and then release what he's placed in you. Just receive from the Lord and then release what he's placed in you. This has been a podcast of Pastor Terry Rogers brought to you by Faith Renewed. For more information about us, please visit faithrenewed.org. For questions, feel free to contact us via email at info at faithrenewed.org.